And here it is again, Monday morning and we're together. Isn't that something? What a great gift it is. God has given us this ability to meet on these morning sessions and talk about the good things of the Lord. I am George Watkins, and I am glad I am a Christian. I'm born again. I'm saved. <laughs> I'm sanctified. I'm anointed. I have righteous the righteousness of God. I have eternal life. I'm bound for heaven. Well, somewhere along that chain of statements, I caught you because that's the way we talk. That's our language. <clears throat> a number of years ago, quite a number now, I was invited to be on the staff in a great church in Southern California. There was nine of us young pastors and a senior pastor. And they gave me the, the duty, <clears throat> which turned out for me to be a great learning and, and a growth experience, of evangelism. So when someone came to the church, I went, took a team, took, you know, two or three people would go to a home and talk to them about the Lord. And uh, one of the things we had to learn in our testimony so that we didn't scare people was language. <clears throat> we have a church language that we understand. You know, we talk about blessings, if you're in a foreign country and someone comes up to you in, a ch in the church, uh, could be a pastor or, or um, you know, a member of the congregation, you're ministering there and they say, could you give me a blessing? What they mean in some cases is money. Could you bless me with some money, with, a, with an offering? When we talk about blessings, we're talking, you know, we, we envision God coming and doing a work in our life or some sort of revival in our spirit. So language is important. So I had to write out my testimony and take out the church words because we were going to, we were dealing with people that were basically unchurched. <clears throat> when someone comes into a church, they have to learn the language. <laughs> So anyway, I remember I had a, my car broke down in Klamath Falls. I was uh, single then, traveling alone. And I, I went into this dumpy little mechanic shop, the only one I could get in. And the man's underneath looking at my car on one of those rower uh, <clears throat> mechanic sleds, you know. And I'm, I said, I thought, this is, this is it. This is, I'm going to win this guy to the Lord. <laughs> I'm standing out there talking about hearing the voice of the Lord. God told me, wasn't very long, I saw these greasy hands grab the side of the car and pull himself up. <clears throat> and his eyes were big. I, I'm sure he knew I was a kook. <laughs> and he was frightened. Oh, anyway, that's Monday morning. <clears throat> getting acquainted. God bless you for coming. Say, I'm going to talk about um, hearing and recognizing the voice of the Lord. <clears throat> God spoke to me uh, late in the night or early in the morning, one of the two, and said <clears throat> this statement, and it's in my uh, in the caption that we have on this uh, on this morning. 
We can walk on water if we if we know who is calling us to come. We can now obviously my mind is it goes to Peter walking on the water. And the story is that they're out in a storm without Jesus. He's on the shore. Evidently, he's not there. And during the storm, they see someone walking by, and they, they, you know, think it's a ghost at first. And then the voice says, you know, come. And Peter says, if that's you, Jesus, <clears throat> tell me to come. Well, he recognizes his voice evidently. And because he knew Jesus and trusted him and had been with him for a number of months or years now, <clears throat> pardon my warning voice, Peter jumped over the, you know, the rail there, the side of the boat <clears throat> and walked on water. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, if you know it's me, you'll, you can do miracles. You'll, you'll do things you would never do in, if you didn't think I was in on it. The, uh, <clears throat> one of the most repetitive questions is the will of God. Pastor, is this the will of God? Is it the will of God for me to marry, to move? Is it the will of God for me to change jobs? Expecting pastors, you know, the heavy burden on a pastor to know the will of God. Hey, bud, how about you? Praying and finding the will of God for yourself. Don't blame me if it doesn't go right. Well, pardon me. I was venting a little bit there. So if we know it's the will of God, we can walk on water. Now, the scriptures tell us this. Beloved, I wish above all things thou mayest prosper and be in health even as, this, as your soul prospers. That sounds to me like the will of God. <clears throat> he also said, I would that all men be saved. I wish and would and desire that all men be saved and come in the knowledge of the truth. That seems to be the will of God. And <clears throat> a more recognized one is go into all the world and preach the gospel. The last few, the last statement before he jets off, you know, in the clouds. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick, see them recover, so forth. That seems to me like the will of God. I have certainly had a lot of opportunity to ask that question myself. The moves we've made, the trips we've taken, the meetings that I scheduled to go to, the churches that we were involved in starting and ministering in, and uh, <clears throat> even to this this one I, I came to, the town I'm in now, in 1978, was it the will of God? The will of God and God's desire can be clouded by the storm. <clears throat> you know? Whoa, storm gets so thick you can't you can't see clearly. You can't, is this really God? But I'll tell you, if you get to know the voice of God, you can recognize it if you can't see clearly. It's an amazing thing. My father has been in heaven for quite a few years now. But we had a wonderful relationship. He he 
stepped over, went through the veil in his 90s. So I had a good long time as a son. We did work together. We preached together. We worked in the church and we also painted houses together and built houses and traveled together. I knew his voice. Somebody calls up, says, hi, son, how you doing? We, what's the secret code? What's the, you know, the test case? What was your mother's maiden name? No, no, no. <clears throat> I knew his voice. So how do we know and get acquainted with the father? You see, the, the, the people in the days that Jesus walked the shores of Galilee and the streets of Jerusalem, they followed him for the loaves and fishes. <clears throat> now, the scriptures tell us that he did two times where he multiplied bread and, and fish. There could have been a regular deal. He could have done that on a bunch of occasions. It just wasn't recorded. So they followed him for the loaves and fishes. They didn't know him as who he really was the son of God that came to save the world. They didn't, they had no clue that it was a, a, a supernatural change of ages, old Testament, new Testament, old covenant, new covenant. The time, the times of the old was ending and the prophetic times of the new had started when Jesus came. It's a wonderful thing. I think one of the most disappointing things to me in, th in theology, in the teaching of Daniel and all these uh, eschatology, so-called eschatology books, chapters and books, they put everything off in the future. But those things that were so, so um, important to happen, happened when Jesus came that shifted history and made a new era. And that new era, <laughs> if that's the correct, correct way to say it, you and I have become sons of God and daughters of God. We're no longer Old Testament saints waiting for the crucified Christ or the Messiah to come. We are now the righteousness of God in Christ. And we have the ability to ask the Father largely in his name. Remember, you remember after the Holy Spirit came, Jesus said, when this happens in John 14, 15 and 16, you'll hear these statements. <clears throat> he said, when this happens, when this, when I come again, I'm coming again. Now, he, this is not, not the quote unquote second coming. It's the coming in the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. He said, you will be able to ask the Father anything. Now, previous to this, Nobody knew the Father. That's why Jesus repeated over and over again, what you see me doing is what the Father's doing. I do nothing but what the Father's doing. So they begin to have a visual aid in understanding the God they never knew, the Father they never knew. In the Old Testament, they didn't know the Father. They knew the prophets. And when God showed up, could have been with judgment or correction or the mountains trembled in, in fear. And if they touched it, they would, they'd have to be put to death. You and I can embrace 
the mountains of God, the mountain of God, that, that place where he dwells. We can ascend the mountain. We can go into the presence of the Lord. We can ask largely that our joys might be full. That's the difference of knowing God. So I'm encouraging you today as we press into this beautiful Monday and this great pre-Christmas week, you know, the couple of weeks before, as we press in, I, I'm encouraging you to practice knowing the Lord. Now, here's how you here's how you start. We call it prayer, but really it's time alone with God. It may not be verbal. You may just find a place to sit and meditate upon him. Visualize, listen, remember the scriptures, repeat some favorites if you want, read something that is encouraging and then meditate upon that set of verses. However, it takes to get you into a place where God and you are together face to face. You watch, won't be long. You'll hear things and you'll know things and you'll trust the Lord like you've never trusted him before. Why? You'll, you can walk on water if you know the voice that's calling you. Isn't that something? That's the way faith operates. That's the way trust grows is knowing the person you're dealing with. And that person lives inside. You don't get closer than that. Amen. Well, God bless you guys today on this gorgeous Monday morning. Hallelujah. I had a verse I was going to slip in here, but um, <clears throat> I spent my time talking about language. <laughs> Philippians 3.10. Just let me drop in your spirit. Apostle Paul cries out that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Now, he had a target to know God. He wasn't knowing God for loaves and fishes. He didn't want to pray so he could heal the sick. He didn't want to pray so he could have a great sermon and have a great church. He wanted to, to know, and he was seeking some specific targets in God's kingdom. How about it? To know him and the fellowship of his suffering, resurrection, anointing, those things that count. Amen. Well, don't forget, sign up or subscribe. If you haven't done that on YouTube, <laughs> we're still still on YouTube. I told you a few weeks ago that they uh, <clears throat> they got <clears throat> I crossed the line somewhere three times, and they took twelve hundred of my videos off. Took my whole my whole uh, station off. We had to start again, so we've got two or three hundred of them there now. So because of that, <clears throat> we've gone over to uh, to Rumble. That's something they won't do that to us there. So I'm putting things on Rumble. And we also have a Podbeam uh, audio podcast. And we're on Facebook, of course. And Facebook is somewhat in that same censoring mode at times. So we'll see. We'll see what the Lord has. So meanwhile, enjoy 
what God's doing in your life. Until tomorrow, we'll see you. Don't forget, know your father.